to Spouses of Light. I'm David. And I'm Lisa. And this is a podcast where we play every Final Fantasy game, starting with one, and talk about it. Together! We're currently playing Final Fantasy VI. But before we do that, we've got our usual bits that we need to cover. Bits, you say? Bits, I say. So the first bit. Lisa, any personal updates? Um, nope. Cool. Any personal updates for you? Mmm, nope. Cool. Any Spouses of Light updates, Lisa? No. Cool. Any Persona <laughs> updates, Lisa? Persona updates, you say? Yes, it's one of the bits that you wanted to start in. <laughs> I've been playing Persona 3 since it came out the night before we released our last episode. And it took me a little while to get into it. It wasn't an immediate love like 5, but I really enjoy it now. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. I really, really, really dislike some of the social links, which is a bummer. That's a huge bummer, because that's, like, the main point of the game. I mean, it is one of the most enjoyable parts, for sure. I wouldn't say it's the main point of the game. I would. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, usually the main point of the game is to, like, defeat lowercase g god, so. Nah, it's the social links. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm finally getting to the point, I'm about 30-some hours in, where the characters are getting more interesting and they're getting more developed and we're getting more and more characters. And like, if you're familiar with the Persona games at all, you know that you get a new character after each like checkpoint mini boss that you face. So yeah. Very cool. Reload is pretty good. That's great. I'd say it started at like a 60, 65% and now it's like an 80, 85%. Sounds pretty Stockholm syndrome-y, but cool. Rude. (laughs) Rude. Okay. Okay. Cool. Do you have any Larkana updates? I do. So I think the last time we checked in, I was playing in a tournament, and I got like 35th out of 200 or something like that. Woohoo! Um, didn't, Top 25%. Still didn't place for any cash prizes or day twos, but getting hanging around in the same like 30 to 50 slot, so... <laughs> Top 25%. See how that goes. Uh, hoping to do better tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow's my first in-person tournament, and so Ooh. I'm excited for that. It's the final week of uh, the Floodborne se- season, and because Into the Inklands comes out next week, mm-hmm. so it'll be my last uh, tournament playing this type of deck, and n- then I get to have all the fun of exploring new metas and new deck archetypes and all that good fun stuff. So, oh boy. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm excited for you. Huzzah. And then hopefully at the tournament, there'll be vendors. Hopefully I'll be able to buy the last three cards we need to complete our uh, sets one and two collection. The last three cards. At which point Lisa will lose all interest in Lorcana because she'll have her complete collection. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We're missing a bell, mm-hmm. and we're missing a stitch, mm-hmm. and we're missing a scar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll be looking for those. Yay! It's Surfer Stitch, the uh, Floodborne Scar, the Legendary one, and then the... Uh, strange but Special Bell. Strange but Special Bell. So, yep, yep, yep. If you're down in uh, Rosemead tomorrow at the tournament... Like, if you're listening to this episode on your way out, because otherwise you won't hear it in time. Or while you're there playing in between uh, rounds, uh, come by and say hi. I'll be there with my parents. Woohoo! Yeah. How will they know to find you? Just start yelling out, 
is David Hoffman from Spouses of Light here? And I'll be like, yes. Yes, I am. Whoa. Yes. How about any Final Fantasy updates? So I watched the state of play for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Good. That was your homework. Yep. So Final Fantasy VII Rebirth looks really good. Nice. It's going to be a lot of fun. It looks gorgeous. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it's going to have social links, which hopefully will be better than Persona 3's. Nice. Looking forward to the combat system. Looking forward to what looks like it's going to be a banger of a song by Aerith. Ooh. So I'm really just looking forward to the game. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I knew Aerith was a gardener and a prayer. Yes, she prays. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know she was also a singer. We'll find out. Mm. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Nice. Mm -hmm. It comes out next week, right? Yep, the demo's currently out. Uh, One thing that looks like a lot of fun is there's like a piano mini game where you get to like actually play the piano and play the notes and make songs. And there's little kitties that like are rolling around like while you're playing and are very cute. How cute. Is it like the Aristocats where they'll play with you? I don't know. I only saw the thing from the like uh, little clip that they played in the state of play. Or maybe they'll sing you a song about learning your scales and arpeggios. That I can guarantee you will not be in there. Copyright. (laughs) I don't know. Square has a deal with Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. This is a backdoor Kingdom Hearts game. Aren't all Final Fantasy games backdoor Kingdom Hearts games? Because Kingdom Hearts is like Final Fantasy meets Disney. (laughs) Yeah, but this one's a more direct tie. Oh, okay. This is the first Final Fantasy game to have Kingdom Hearts stuff in it. Oh, got it. Boom. And they're starting with the Aristocats. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not true. Don't listen. (laughs) Aww. All right. You have any Final Fantasy news, Lisa? I do not. No. Cool. Well, in that case, let's dive back in. Cool. So we get off of the airship mm-hmm. and we're now on the uh co- on the Empire's like home continent. Mhm. And there's a bunch of places we can go. The first place is right next to our airship. We're next to a town called Albrook. Ooh. What does the town look like, Lisa? It's got the vaguely European building style that we've come to see where it's like a tan wall with like wood beams on the outside making squares and rectangles and whatnot. There's cobblestone or stone streets, depending on it. This town is a multi-level town. So one level is cobblestone. One level is just like stone bricks. And then unfortunately there's holes everywhere. Yeah. Like in the sides of the buildings and the roofs of the buildings, like in the walls themselves, there's just, like cannonball holes everywhere. I don't know if they were cannonballs, but that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Explosions everywhere. And then there are soldiers also everywhere. Yeah, one of the things we're going to notice at a lot of these towns is every town except the like base of the Empire, like the capital, no one's really happy to be part of the Empire, even on this home continent. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, they're all military-occupied prisoners in their own town kind of thing. Yeah, it's not like... It's not like a lot of places that over time become part of an empire and then like feel like they're a part of it and are proud of it, yeah. right? Like, well, the empire clearly isn't taking care of these towns. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's very much a beat down, oppressed group of people in all these towns. Yep. Except um, for there's one group of people who like it, but we'll get there. Which always happens, right? Yeah. You always have the subset that are like, "Yay!" But 
um yeah it, it's not like this is a good empire mm-hmm. that is taking care of people even or like sharing the riches even like because mm-hmm. that could be a thing too but it's not even like there's like a good like half the population that's doing well and half that are oppressed type yeah. thing it's a small section of traders and then everyone else is put down type thing yep so like i think of like the hunger games right where the people who live in the capital love it right because mm-hmm. they have the riches and the privileges and everything but that doesn't and even like district like two or three might be okay with it but yeah exactly like the first few that are wealthier than the others but by the time you get to like 12 right yep. but this is just all 12 <laughs> so there's a high potion you can find around town I also found a couple ethers that you missed. Ooh, good for you. Mm-hmm. And then we just find some stuff out by talking with people. We find that there are two Ultima weapons that were created back during the War of the Magi. One is a sword that uses, like, your own strength to empower it. Mm-hmm. And the other is a giant monster. Whoa! <laughs> so this is our... the Especially the monster being the Ultima weapon is something we'll pick back up in 7 and yeah is the, is the monster the humans all along do we come full, <laughs> do we come full circle in that metaphor uh i'm not going to spoil six but definitely not in seven oh, i'll spoil okay. that part for you because i doubt you'll do that side quest oh <laughs> oh no i was going with monsters I, hum- the humans are the monsters i know i was just joking around oh okay ha 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 we find that there's something off to the east of the continent mm-hmm. uh, but there's an observation post there and they won't let anybody beyond it yep um, there's a couple citizens that when you talk to them, like one of them says that he's like, man, we have to, we have to bribe the the soldiers in our own town to do business. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yep. In the, in the pub, there's, uh, you walk in and there's a guy at the bar. He's like, man, this place is just like a soldier hangout now. It sucks. Blah, blah, blah. You go upstairs and there's a bunch of soldiers who are having a grand time because there's a bunch of dancing girls up there. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, they've moved on from the like, like Jasmine outfits that they used to wear to now they're wearing like 1900s French can-can dance outfits mm-hmm. and with like complete with like the feathers on top of their head and everything. And these girls are enjoying the capital like takeover um because they're like you're not a soldier ew or like oh you don't have any money get out of here so at least the soldiers are tipping well it sounds like (laughs) there you go but yeah we also hear from somebody that all the monsters on this content are especially vulnerable to magic yeah so i did not find that to be true (laughs) that was that was annoying just a heads up if you're grinding but yeah but not because it didn't actually help (laughs) there you go so now you get to wander the continent, and so we have enemies in the overworld. So do we have any monsters on the overworld? We do. Oh, you don't say. We've got the Joker. The Joker is a guy who's dressed uh, like an elf, because he's got like pointy shoes and, and pointy ears. He's wearing a purple outfit and holding an umbrella for some reason. The Wyvern. The Wyvern looks like a Wyvern. It is a magenta color, and it's like hunched over like <sighs> at you. The Dawn. The Dawn is the bulldog sprite that we had the last time. Uh, he's got a blue collar and the rest of him is gray. He doesn't look like Don Osman? No. Okay. He also doesn't look like a mafia Don. Mm. So Don Osman. <laughs> the grass worm. The grass worm uh, looks like an angry dragonfly scyther combo. 
Um, he's got green things in front that are like the scyther size, and the rest of them looks like a dragonfly, and he's a bronzy red color. I'm sorry. What were those? The scyther size. Come on. Gotta do the voice. Well, no, but I was trying to... Is there a name for them? Because that's like just what he says. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Scyther size! There you go. The lit war chicken? The lit war chicken? I... <laughs> I don't know what this thing is. Um, it's it a is, cockatrice. Okay. It is a long snake body with uh, six legs and a chicken head. A rooster head, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. A chimera. The chimera looks like a chimera. Um, it has one, two, three, four, five heads and a snake tail. Um, it's got a goat, a lion, an eagle, a dragon... And a boar? I can't see it. Don't look at me. (laughs) Um, What is a chimera made of? I don't know. Lots of different things depending on which chimera. Well, there you go. (laughs) And then its its body is, it's a quadruped and it's just hairy. And the fossil dragon. The fossil dragon is one that I ran across that you didn't run across. Um, It was in the desert and I ran away from the fight because it was crazy strong. But it looks similar to the last games when we have fossil dragons. It's, It's a skeleton shaped like a dragon. There you go. So, wandering around the overworld, at this point, we know we're just supposed to go straight to Vector because that's what the story is telling us to do. But we, we're we good gamers. We don't just go straight to the story point. Of course not. We're going to wander the entire continent and find other stuff and mm-hmm. see what else is around. Mm-hmm. So, there's a couple Chocobo stables, one in the north and one in the south. Both of them, ne- like, in woods next to towns. Mm-hmm. Um, up north, there's a town called Tzin. Zen? Tzin. Zen. You just ignore the T? I'm saying the T. You are? Yeah. Okay, then. I'm just hearing you say Zen, but okay. Zen. Zen. Cool. What does it look like, Lisa? It looks the same as Albrook. Well, I guess you can't, like, have unique towns everywhere. Yeah. So the we hear here that the Empire has a weapon called the Guardian. That's immobile, but if you ever see it, you should run away. Mm-hmm. Which is good because at one point I find the guardian so I run away. <laughs> ah, I never ran across the guardian, but I did pull it up for the like enemies pictures and I was like, I don't remember seeing this thing. Yep, yep. There you go. Uh we find out that the gate to the Esper realm is on the east of the continent. So, so that's ma- the thing. It makes sense that that's why they've set up a observation post because they want to get back into the world of the Espers and it also makes sense why we can't get there cuz mm-hmm. plot points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the next town we come across is Miranda. Miranda. What does Miranda look like? It looks like the same as Albrook and Sen. Mm-hmm. Except this is the worst of the towns. Yep. I hate it. I hate it as well. There's dog fighting. Yep. There's literally a crowd of people surrounding two dogs fighting, cheering and betting, and people of all ages doing it. Yep. Both soldiers and townspeople, and they're like, what else are we supposed to do? And I was like, I don't know, literally anything else? Well, then some soldiers do something else. They harass women. Yeah. 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 Miranda sucks. Yeah. So, let's blow it up. Okay. So the last thing we do before going to Vector is we find the Imperial Observation Post. Yes, we do. Off to the east. Mm Mm-hmm. What does it look like? So it's different from the other towns, finally. Yay! <laughs> different! 
The buildings are more pagoda-like. Um, they've got the like tiled shingled roofs that have the like curly bits at the end. And otherwise, there's soldiers and crates everywhere. Mm-hmm. And every time that you run into a soldier, whether you actively engage with them or just are in their path, you fight. And then even if you win, you it shows you like collapsed on the ground. And then it's like, you got kicked out of town. It's like, oh, okay. Yep. If you've managed to wander around, you'll find a bar downstairs, but there's a locked door. So obviously we have to come back here later. Yep. And we the fight that we do is our old friend, the sergeant. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty easy fight, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. So now we've, es- now we've explored the continent. Mm-hmm. We're going to head to... Vector. What does Vector look like? For those of you who can't see, because this is an audio medium, Lisa just did some weird cross-armed V-hand thing. It's a reference to Despicable Me. Ah. Where the villain's name is Vector. There you go. Because he's a villain with direction and magnitude. Vector. There you go. All right. Cool. So Vector, the streets are made out of the stone bricks, and there's like metal paths everywhere. Um, that are slightly above the ground level. This is another town where you're not necessarily safe inside the town where there's fighting. Mm-hmm. So we've got our old friends, the sergeants and the guards, but we also have the Belzaku. The Belzaku is one of the dog sprites that we've seen before. This one is just different shades of gray, and he has mid-jump, and his eyes are really pretty blue. Ooh. Mm-hmm. At least th- this one is different than the outpost because... There are citizens that you can, like, run into and talk to. You just need to avoid the soldiers. There you go. We haven't been talking about the inns in these towns, by the way. Yeah, they've all been, like, 200, 300 gil. Yep. And they've been pretty much the same. But this one... As I mentioned that, though, because this one's different. Yep. When you come in, there's a guy at the desk, and he looks like a pirate, complete with eye patch and everything. Sketchy. So sketchy. And he says, spending the night at the inns on the house. Ooh. Oh, you didn't want to say sketchy to that either? Oh, sketchy. That's totally sketchy. Super sketchy. And, as always, we go to sleep. Oh no, did something happen in the nighttime at the inn? Something happens in the nighttime (laughs) at the inn. In this one, the pirate guy comes in and robs us for a thousand gil. Ouch. Yep. So, every time you stay here, that's going to happen. So, it's always quote-unquote free, but really costs a thousand gil. Yikes. I was thankful for your notes because then I didn't stay at the end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's also a, cu- a couple staying in a, a bed, like in the room to the right, and they never move out of the bed. So they are just st- hanging out in a bed in the open. Yep. But if you talk to them, they're like trying to figure out what to do with their lives. So yep. they're a bunch of millennials, I guess. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And the guy's like, maybe I'll become a soldier. And she's like, really? (laughs) She's like, but that will take you away from me. Like, what do we do with that? He's like, how else am I supposed to make money? So they're really at the point where it's... Life is bleak for these people. Yep. Under the Empire. Mm -hmm. And this is in the capital. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of people in the capital when you're walking around. They're like, you're not from here. Why would I even talk to you? Yeah. So I was a jerk. So it's very much a looking down on everyone else type empire. Like it's um, ev- the rest of the world exists for our benefit um, and we're the only good ones. Mm-hmm. So 
you find out that uh, Sid is the head of Magitech Research. Magitech Research. Mm-hmm. And he gave the power of cure to a kid. Mm-hmm. And if you run into that kid, he will cure you. He just likes enjoying, he likes running around healing everyone. He's yeah. like, I can have, I have the power to heal people. I'm going to do that. Yep. So one good person. Well, yeah. So there are, there are a few pe- good people, right? It's even in a corrupt system, there are people who use that corruption for good. Because mm-hmm. we know that getting cure means that there was an esper that was drained for that, right? So it's a corrupt system in order to give this little kid the ability to heal people. That doesn't mean that the kid knows about that corruption. Yep. It doesn't mean the kid was, like, a part of that corruption. All he knows is that the head of re- magic research gave him the ability to heal people, so now he does that to everyone for free. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you can take a corrupt system and do good with it. Just because you're a part of a corrupt system doesn't mean that you are inherently yourself corrupt. It just means that you are a beneficiary of it, so what are you going to do with it? <laughs> mm. Right? Like, I wouldn't say that that kid is corrupt. He's not going around charging people for this power, right? Mm -hmm. He did not go into it knowing about the corruption and trying to do it. He's not a corrupt kid. He's the beneficiary of corruption. But now he's redeeming it and doing good with it, right? There you go. There's one other good person we run into. There's a, like, a really skinny building. And if you walk in, there's just a lady sitting at a table. And Mm -hmm. she goes, "Um, are you loyal to the Empire? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a trap. Well, I'm going to be honest. So I said, nope. And I get jumped by two soldiers Mm -hmm. and we fight them. And then afterwards she goes, hmm, you just might be able to do it. And I'm like, what? And then you talk to her again and she heals you and restores all your uh, MP. And she goes, youngsters, don't give up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And if you tell her that you're loyal to the Empire, she just goes, okay, cool. <laughs> ah, like, so I didn't say yes at first, so I didn't see that part. So you could say yes, and then you could say no, and yeah. then you still have the same scene. But yeah. yeah, but once you say no, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. We also find out a little bit about Kefka's backstory. Yeah, there's, a, there's another bar, of course. And the guy at the bar says that Kefka was actually Sid's first experiment with the Magitech Knight stuff. The same thing that happened to Celeste. Mm-hmm. And it gave him like super duper uber schmooper powers, but it shattered his mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why Kefka is super powerful, but crazy as heck. The insane clown. Yep. Posse. <laughs> the the dancing mad clown, if you will. There you go. So finally, we have to go um, around and wander around town. We need to get into the magic tech factory. But before, you can actually try to get into the Imperial Palace if you're stupid. Mm. And you go all the way north. And the moment you start walking up, the Guardian appears. Ah. <laughs> What's the Guardian look like, Lisa? The Guardian looks like a turret. A turret? <laughs> yes, that's the official pronunciation. <laughs> it looks like a turret. The Guardian looks like a turret that we have seen before. It is, it's got... Guns on the side, gun a big gun in the middle, and it's metal. And it one-shots any character, so you definitely just start running away the moment you can. Dang. So You uh-uh. survived, or did you die and have to restart? Uh, One, one person got one-shot while I was trying to run everybody mm-hmm. away, and then everybody else got away. Nice. So, um, Yeah, so you're not supposed to go to the Imperial Palace yet, even mm-hmm. just exploring. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. Instead... 
Go find a returner to help you get into the Magitech factory. Yeah, there's a guy crouched behind some boxes near where a couple soldiers are at. And he's like, hey, I'm go- I'll go distract them and you guys hop up onto the metal pathway. And you're like, cool, thanks. And then he goes and is like, I'm drunk. And you hop up and he's like, I'm going to puke. And then you climb past the soldiers and you get into the palace. Nope, the factory. Oh, sorry. Yes, you get into the factory. What does the factory look like, Lisa? It looks like a factory. <laughs> it's metal. The walkways are metal. The walls are metal. Everything is metal. It's metal. Everything is metal. <laughs> There's conveyor belts. There are like cranes and moving hooks and stuff. It's it's a factory. <laughs> uh, in here, you can get an ether, an X potion, a flame tongue, a thunder blade, a remedy, dragoon boots, tent, golden helm, golden armor, golden shield. And a stone blade. It's a lot of golden stuff. Yeah, it's a full set of golden gear. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's no golden gun, but you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's because we haven't made it to episode. We haven't made it to Final Fantasy VIII yet, where they use gun blades. That's true. I was just making a golden eye reference, but you know. I know, and I was playing off of it. That's good. You're so good. Um, we've got some enemies. Mm-hmm. We've got some old favorites. We've got the Bellas, the Belzacu, and the Sergeant. But we've got a bunch of new ones. We've got the Onion Knight. I know. I was so sad to see the Onion Knight because I was like, that was us four games ago. Yeah. You're the bad guy now. I don't like it. Oh, okay. Uh, They're not nearly as cute as we were. So at least we've got that going for us. Mm. But they are just, they're little dudes with cute little noses and they've got like blushies on their cheeks even. But they're just little knights with red shoes. The proto armor. The proto-armor is a sprite we've seen before. It's a guy in, like, the big mecha. He is green, and the mecha is a, like, brownish silver. Ifrit. Ifrit is a big old dude. He is green um, with huge horns and purple hair and purple boots. Shiva. Shiva is a blue uh, fairy sprite-looking thing with a purple... Uh, scarf? I don't know. And green hair. General. The general is a soldier sprite we've seen before with the giant shield and the big old, like, axe. Lenergia. Lenergia is a bird. It's the one that looks kind of like a vulture with the braided tail. This one is an olive green with purple skin. Destroyer. Destroyer looks like a battle toad crossed with a crocodile rhino. Number 024. Number 024 is a guy who's blue, and he's also wearing blue, except all of his accessories are gold. So he's got gold spiky shoulder pads, he's got gold earrings, he's got a gold thing on his around his waist, and he's got a gold chain hanging off his waist, gold boots, and gold uh, swords with spiky anime gold hair. So he's kind of... Uh... Gilgamesh? Yeah, I was like, douchebag, what's his face? <laughs> Lots of gold. Yeah. There's the Magna Rotor. Magna Rotor. There's two different versions of them. One of them is purple and has a huge wheel between his back legs and his front two legs have wheels on the end. The other one is, I guess, the same shape, but he's facing a different direction and he's red instead of purple. Number 128, including its two blades. Number 128 is a purple muscle monster thing. I don't know how to describe it. It's funky. He's got some orange cords like coming out of him like he's part machine. 
And then he's got two arms that you defeat and they go away or they come back. Yes, the left blade and the right blade. Mm-hmm. The chaser. The chaser looks like um, a magnezone. Mm. And just less cute, like there's no face, but he's that shape with the floating arms. And he's metal. Personally, I'd rather just go straight and not have any of him, but you know, whatever. Straight, no chaser. Ha ha ha. Look at you. Uh, Trapper. Trapper is another machine. He This one hangs from the ceiling and it's got like a robot head and robot arms. I'm surprised it doesn't have a keeper for its partner. Ha 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 And then a crane. Yeah, there's two cranes that you fight, one on either side of, uh, is it a bridge that we're on? Uh, that'll be on our airship when the crane comes up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're giant cranes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not yellow, but they are metal. So you work your way through the facility, and it's quite a long dungeon. Uh, you can easily get turned around if you're not careful. It is a super long dungeon. I got lost several times. Yep. <laughs> So we work our way through the facility, um, and we end up at a spot spying on Kefka. We see Kefka with a bunch of espers and by himself, and we hide, and Mm -hmm. we watch him. Mm -hmm. And we watch him just monologue to himself and not to anyone except maybe the bodies of these dying espers. Yep. And he says that he's a god, he'll collect espers and extract their magic and revive the warring triad. The heck is the warring triad? (laughs) and then he kicks them over the edge and so we know that there's some esper bodies down below and so we're going to follow them yeah i didn't understand that's what was going on there like i just um i thought like well that's the only place we can go i guess i guess we're going down there but yep so we end up in a room with bones and skulls everywhere showing that kefka's been doing this a while Mm -hmm. these are a lot of dead espers um and Ifrit and Shiva are down there. And so we start getting in a fight with them. Yeah, if you interact with Shiva, nothing really happens. But then you go over to Ifrit and he like blasts you back with some power and then you get into a fight with him. And we fight for a while and then Shiva notices Rama and they both decide to, they go, oh, Rama's our bro. Like literally brother. Yep. And they're like, well, if he trusts you, we'll trust you. And they become Magicite and give us their power. Yeah. So then we keep going uh, out and we find a room full of like six espers floating in some like test tube goo. Yeah, it's the typical mad scientist cylinder thing. Like I, I picture like the Pokemon movie with with all the Mewtwo's and, the, and everything. Um, I recognize Carbuncle in one of them. And he's, yeah. he's fully the cute little like Fennec Fox Carbuncle now. And I'm like, hmm, Carbuncle! And so we try to free them, and they say that they don't have long to live, so they're just going to be, all become Magicite and come to us. Yep. And so they all turn into Magicite. All six of them, yep. Everybody. And then Sid comes out. Mm-hmm. And he asks, what are we doing? And he's stunned to see Magicite. He's like, what is this? And, and he, he's like, what happened to the Espers? What did you do? And he goes and checks them all out and realizes that they're all tens, hundreds of times greater than what they've been extracting. He goes, what have we done? Yeah. We've been extracting these powers, but all along, this is the real power. Like, what's going on? What is what is this? Um, And then we hear the ha 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 ha. Yep. And Kefka comes in 
And Kefka and Sid claim that Celeste is a spy and that Celeste has been undercover with the Returners and that she's brought them here to their doom. Yeah, Sid's all, good job, I'm so proud of you, way to infiltrate them. And then Locke is like, what the heck, is this true? And Celeste goes, no, like, it's not true. You have to believe me. Like, I've, I've changed sides and Locke just can't bring himself to believe her. And he goes, I, and just like hangs his head kind of thing. And so um, some soldiers come in and Celeste goes, you know what? Like, she's like, I hope that this will make Locke believe me. And she teleports herself and Kefka and all the soldiers out. Yep. Just leaving Sid and your party behind. Mm -hmm. Minus her. So you've lost Celeste. And she's, you know, sacrificing herself. I don't know that she's gonna I don't know if she's gonna die from it or not, but um taking the hit for the team. Mm-hmm. And the building starts to explode and we flee with Sid who regrets all that he's done and he says he's gonna go try to talk to the Emperor because he can't believe that the Emperor like would understand what's going on and if he like knew what was happening and what they had done wrong, he wouldn't be doing this war. So he's going He's really the kind that's blaming Kefka for everything. Mm-hmm. Thinks that the emperor's been acting out of ignorance. Yep. Just like he's been acting out of ignorance. Quote unquote. I mean, he knows he's been draining espers. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know, Sid. I don't know if you get to claim ignorance on this one. Well, there's some racism there also. So <laughs> I was going to say there's some hardcore. These aren't Human. living beings. Yep. Um, and, and it's very uh, animal experimentation-y. Like... Mm-hmm. It's okay to experiment on animals. Like, they're not living. They're not feeling what we're doing to them. It's all in our betterment, right? Yep. So. Um, he does have a, it's really sad. He's like, you know, I I used to dote on, on Celeste like she was my daughter. And she didn't have any parents. And so I became like a father to her. And he's like, what have I done? I hope I can apologize to her someday. Mm-hmm. And so very much like when he gave powers to the kid, he thought he was doing right by Celeste making her a Magitech knight. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So we escape down a train shaft. and uh, In a really long scene. Yeah, because <laughs> he hears Kefka coming. And so he kicks us down a train shaft and is like, you go, it'll be fine. And so it's very much like the river towards the beginning of the game where mm-hmm. you're just, you're going along on a route and then enemies will pop up here and there and you can't really do much. Yep. So then Seltzer comes down and rescues us. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, where's Celeste? Yep. And Locke's like, um, I think, uh, and then like Kefka just gets mad and triggers something to keep us from getting away. And the cranes like come and just grab onto the airship. Yep. So then we fight the cranes. Mm-hmm. And we beat the cranes. And then we fly away and... Locke's just like, let's go back and check on Tara. <laughs> yeah, she's been gone a while. Who knows what happened to Celeste? Don't really know if I care. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. So you go back to Zozo, and Tara is on the bed in her white pink form, and then she reacts to the magicite, and she goes, Father? And then she turns back into herself. Yep, and we discover that she was raised in the Esper world, and we have a flashback that we now play as a whole different character in. Yeah, it was really interesting, this like playable flashback we had. So we wake up in the Esper world. So now we're in the Esper world, and we wake up as a new character. Mm-hmm. What does our new Esper character look like, Lisa? He's got light pinkish tan skin, gray hair, and a high ponytail. 
He's got two sets of ears, like ones that are longer than the others. So maybe they may not be ears, but that's where they are on his head. He's shirtless except for shoulder pads, silver cuffs, and a red and yellow loincloth. And he's got like metal anklet cuffs also. And this is one of the, if you noticed carefully when you were in the uh, Esper room back in Vectors, he was one of the floating espers there. I did not notice that. And so this character, you've seen this sprite, and whoever it is is being triggered because it's Magicite did something with Terra. Mm-hmm. So probably her father. Eh. <laughs> so now we find out that this Esper's name is Maduin. Mm-hmm. And someone's trying to get through the Esper gate. Uh-oh. So we walk over to where the Esper gate is, and there's a collapsed person. And he goes, is this a... And then you have the option to bring them back or to leave them there. Mm-hmm. I say bring them back. Same. And so we bring them back to bed at our home. And we find out it's a woman whose name is Madeline. Mm-hmm. And she came here because she was sick and living in the human world with all of its hate and greed. Yep. Same. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so there's like a healer or something. It's like, she needs some more rest, but you know, she's going to be okay. And then you go talk to her and that's when she tells you everything. And then they fly around the screen because they're in love. Yeah. And then a baby shows up. Yeah. When an esper and a woman love each other very much, Lisa, they fly around with sparkles and stuff and a baby comes out. Whoa. You don't know anything about reproduction, do you? I do not. (laughs) I'm sorry your parents didn't give you the birds and the bees talk. Now. And then they named the the baby Tara. What? Yay. And so then it cuts to two years later. And Tara is still a baby, by the way. (laughs) Like, she's not a toddler now. Like, she's still an infant, like a newborn infant, like swaddled up like a baby burrito. You don't know how half Esper, half humans age. I don't. I'm just, I'm pointing out for the listener to not imagine a toddler Tara. She's still a baby burrito Tara. Oh, she's such a cute baby burrito. Yeah. But the Imperials show up and start kidnapping Espers and everyone goes, what are we going to do? And the uh, elder says, the only thing I can do is set up the barrier and then nothing can get in. Nothing can get out. We'll be separated forever. Um, But at least we'll be safe from them. And there's some racist espers who are like, this is all Madeline's fault. Yep. Human should never have been here. She led them here. She's like every other human. And she like is holding the baby. And she's so distraught that she like runs away going. She leaves Tara. Mm -hmm. But like, because Tara doesn't deserve this. And so she leaves Tara, but she runs away going, I'm not going. Like, if everybody's going to get kicked out, I'm not going to like force uh, Manduin to have to deal with this racism for our whole life. I'll mm-hmm. be kicked out with everyone else and go back to the world I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but Manduin grabs Terra and runs after her. Mm-hmm. And the elder's like, don't do it. The barrier's going to go up. And he's like, I'd rather be with my love than not. Yep. <laughs> um, the new racist a-holes. Yep. And well, and so he goes to grab her and bring her back. and And she's like, if you believe we can do it, I'd rather be back with you in the Esper world than in the world of hate. But okay. Yeah. Like she's like, if you think we can do it, he's like, Tara's proof we can do it. Come mm-hmm. on. Like, and so they go to start coming back, but uh Gestal, the Emperor, like, so we find out that it's not not Kefka leading this, it's Gestal himself. Like oh, he's yeah. the one leading all this. He knows all this. It's his plan all along. Um 
he gets sucked out and our three characters get sucked out also. So mm-hmm. they're too late. They don't get to go back to safety. And that we wake up to Gestalt kidnapping Tara and killing Madeline. Yep. And imprisoning Manduin to suck him dry. Yep. And then we are back to Zozo. Mm-hmm. And um, we realize that, yeah, that was Tara's dad's magicite. And that's what awoken the memory in her. And that's how she's back in human form. And so we decide to go back to Narsh because we're like, well, what's going on over there now? <laughs> Time to clear up some dangling plot threads. Yep. <laughs> and so now we have control of the airship and um, what's his face gives us directions on how to fly it. Yep. And so there's a couple places you can go now that you couldn't have gone before. There's a Chocobo stable near South Figaro. Mm-hmm. And then there's a town called Thamasa, but no one here will sell to us or talk to us because they haven't seen us before. Yeah, I didn't even go to that town. I just went straight to Narsh. And that's really all you can do. So we head back to Narsh. Mm-hmm. Um, what, real quick though, I hate driving this airship. Really? Why? Like, something about the technological advances that the programmers are trying to use to make it like look better and whatever just are so ridiculously clunky where it's like you should have kept it simple instead you made it more advanced than actually made sense and it's terrible and i hate it there you go good to know so we head back to narsh and what happens um as soon as we walk in they're like hey bannon's in, in the elder are waiting for you so they take us to go see them and uh, we decide that we're going to go open the sealed gate and get the espers to attack from the east while the humans attack from the north, and hopefully we're going to take out the capital. And Tara agrees. Everybody wonders if the espers will ever work with us. Is it even possible for human and espers to get along? Mm-hmm. And Tara goes, well, I'm the I'm obviously proof that, there, that humans and espers can get along. Yep. And so I'll be the bridge between the two worlds, and I have to go do this. Yep. I'm going to go rally half my people. And so we call it there. Yep. So it's time for a level check. All right. I th- I thought that I was going to gain on you with all the grinding, extra grinding I did from getting lost, but I did not. There you go. Uh, well, you caught me with Tara. Tara's level 17. I didn't catch you. She wasn't around this whole time. <laughs> Da-ba-da-ba-da. But yeah, Tara's level 17. Locke's level 20. Locke is 19. Cyan is level 21. Edgar is level 20. And Sabin is level 21. Sabin is level 19. There we go. So, how you feeling, Lise? I'm, this, ep- this was not my favorite session of playing the game. Um, it felt like most of it was spent being lost in the factory. Mm. Uh, and being like, I feel like this is the, it's not the midpoint of the game, I don't think. I think we're still too early in the game, but it feels very much like the lull of... Okay, not much is happening. We're doing a lot of like setup for the next stuff to happen. So eh, it was fine. I thought um, the Maduin story was very sad, but yep. There you go. And I felt the exact opposite this time around. Because I I was seeing stuff that I'd never seen before playing this game. Seeing the fate of the of the people under the empire, mm. like because I wasn't old enough to really process that part of it mm-hmm. to me they were just 
you know, towns that I was going to buy my stuff and move on. I wasn't really talking to everyone, seeing what they're feeling like. Um, so seeing that fate, seeing that contrast um, was interesting to me. It was also uh, really insightful seeing Sid um, as a like complex evil villain, mm-hmm. like an anti-villain. Like mm-hmm. he's still a villain, but he's not like pure evil and i don't but, like it i'm like i don't like my sid being even a little bit evil that's not okay yeah. <laughs> um it seems like a take on last last game sid where last game sid was was unknowingly unleashing evil mm. right mm-hmm. like he was just a sign he was just a mad scientist who accidentally triggered something that he because he was playing with forces beyond his kin like and then once he realized that he had done wrong, was trying to undo it. Like, this one, it's sort of hard not to know that you're doing wrong when you're taking captured beings and draining their life force from them. Yeah. Like, so that's what, but like, and and the thing that triggers him feeling bad about it was, oh, there was a better way to do this all along. Not like. Right. Not that what they're doing is bad. Oh, if they just would have like killed themselves, we could have had even more power. Like, still a villain. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because he's trying to stop a war now, like at best, I can give him anti-villain. But yeah, no, he's still a villain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so just that moral complexity there, like, I think that's really good. I I felt a lot with Celeste, like being played. Hmm. And or maybe she was actually infiltrating, but then, like, that was her original mission. But all along, she turned and trying to convince people, like, what's actually happening there? Like, are they gaslighting the other returners? Are they, or was that her actual mission, but she flipped along the way? Like, her, like, desperate to prove herself. And, I mean, stepping up against two knights in Magitech armor and Kefka and, like, fighting that fight that's hard <laughs> like yeah. she's brave and crazy and good and then yeah tara's backstory like was great i thought like and i like the love story i i like the like esper human romance i love the he was cute i said i like that part i know okay. i'm just like it's the you know the the person who's escaping to fairy because like the human world is too corrupt like that mm-hmm. that that carries some real depth in my heart, right? Like our real story is we're not made for a corrupted world like this. We're made for a purer world than this. And except the other world wasn't any purer. Yeah, yes. Okay. But I'm but I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying the parts that resonated with me. Okay. <laughs> and why I liked it. You don't have to and it doesn't have to speak to you. I can have my opinion though. All right. <laughs> Anyway, way to rain on my parade. We'll just move along. <laughs> Say lovey. Say lovey indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, anything that we should else we should talk about before we call it? I don't think so. Cool. Well, then we would love to get hear from you what you're thinking about the game, what you're thinking about us talking about the game, what you're if you're playing along, how you're enjoying it, or what your level progress is. Uh, where can people share with us, Lisa? Uh, they can email us, spousesoflight at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and comment on your podcast of choice. It would help feed the algorithm and help people find us. 
and let us know if we're actually doing well or not. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. And like I said, if you're going to be at the Lorcana tournament in Rosemead, California tomorrow, find me. <laughs> anyway, I'm David. And I'm Lisa. And thanks for joining us on our quest to stop a crazy clown. This fantasy is anything but final. Thank you.